Couch Talk Sports, the podcast. We are back. We are back. We are back. I'm your host, Mitsu Kleins. I got my co-host with me, Noons. What's up, man? Hey, Sue. Back again. Back again. Back again. Back again. We have some special news. Couch Talk Sports, the podcast, is officially on Apple Music and Spotify. I'll repeat Couch Talk Sports the Podcast is officially on Apple Music and Spotify. Please go tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to follow, subscribe, and listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. Let's get into today's episode. The NBA is back, Ryan. How you feel about that? Man, you know me. I'm so excited, man. I've had league pass for the last five years, and I feel like I kind of wasted it this year, but it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm excited to watch something. Man, games all day, every day. We're all working from home anyway. We might as well watch. Man, we are going to enjoy this, right? <laughs> We're working from home, going to school from home. Games all day, starting at 10 o'clock East Coast time. On the West Coast, I'm going to have to get up early. <laughs> I'm going to have to get up so early. That's 7.30 out here, but I am not complaining. NBA been gone for four long months due to the postponement. Man, I am so happy that it's back. Let's talk about it. Players and teams will be flying to Orlando July 7th. That's next week. Man, that is quick. <laughs> <laughs> that is so quick. From July 7th to the 9th. So let's talk about the bubble. Everybody's asking questions. What's the bubble? How is things going to go? Let's break it all down for them. Let's break it all down for them. So yeah. the bubble, 22 teams and players and staff will be arriving in Orlando from July 7th to July 9th. They spread it out over three days so things won't get congested. Upon arrival, all players will be quarantined in their hotel room and they have to pass two negative coronavirus tests 24 hours apart. What you think about that, Nooms? I mean, first off, getting to Orlando's got to be scary. I have TSA has COVID. So <laughs> I think it makes sense that once you get there, you have to, you know, quarantine for a little bit, get tested because you can't have a bubble if people are already infected in it. So we, <laughs> right. You have to start off a little strict and um, hopefully, you know, keep people pass the test. I think when they did the initial test, I think 5% failed or came mm-hmm. back positive for COVID. Which yeah, is, I heard you know, that too. Par, pretty much on par with what's going on in the world. So hopefully we can um, keep those numbers as low as possible. Definitely keep those numbers as low as possible. So you have to pass two tests within a 24-hour period. I think that's very smart. Just because you pass the first one doesn't mean you might pass the second one because 24 hours you could become in contact with the coronavirus. So you have to pass two tests. They also say there'll be a 108-page handbook, safety and protocol handbook, that all players and team officials must follow. They'll be staying in three different hotels. And I find this very curious, Nooms, that they put players and teams in these hotels based off the seating. <laughs> so does that mean the best team got the best hotel? I've never been to Orlando. Have you been to Orlando? <laughs> I've never been to Orlando, but I heard about this. And I looked them up, and it looks like 
you know, the best teams are in the newest hotel. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that's got to be worth something, right? That is interesting. That's interesting. We're not knocking any hotels in Orlando inside the bubble. We just find it very funny and ironic that the best teams get the best hotels. Rightfully so. They tried to give the best teams an advantage. We, I'm pretty sure that all hotels inside Walt Disney World Complex are good hotels. That doesn't mean that the lower level seats are going to be in bad hotels. That's not what that means at all. We just find it very ironic that the best teams get the best hotel. <laughs> it's not like they're staying at the best Western or nothing. Yeah, not like they're right, all, like, exactly. nice hotels, but it is funny. Like That's like got to be bad publicity for Orlando's hotels. Like, exactly. Oh, I'm not staying with the, the, third, the third hotel. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. And then let's move on. Let's move on. Each player will be given a magic band, a bracelet that serves as a room key and wallet throughout the hotel and Disney property. It will also be used to check in players for testing. Players also can wear a proximity alarm that will notify the wearer if he or she spends more than five seconds within six feet of another person with the alarm. Now that needs to go out to the general public, actually. A proximity alarm, that could save lives. I need one of those. Put those up on Amazon, eBay, wherever things are sold because a proximity alarm should definitely go out to the general public because a lot of people out here aren't taking the COVID serious. I think that needs to go out to the general public. <laughs> Man, they're using a lot of technology. I mean, they have those, and then they're also giving them the option to wear, like, these little rings that detect possible side effects or whatever of COVID. So, oh, wow. I didn't know about that. that yeah, too. so if you have like a raised heart rate, it measures your oxygen levels and stuff like that. It's just pretty much taking all your vitals at, at all times and allows you if you could have some of the symptoms of it. I mean, it's completely optional because, you know, players are worried about them selling their data to <laughs> <laughs> the world. Right. Do you think things like this will go out to the general public? Because I, 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 that could be used. I think they are available. They're not cheap. It's a newer technology. Right. Again, if you're willing to give up your vitals as information and data to this company, then I'm sure like you can give yourself one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everyone will be required to wear a face mask except when eating at a workout or practice in their room or if they're swimming or doing something more than six feet away from another person. All food will be cooked by Disney chefs on site and each team will work with a culinary team. Dang, each team get their own chef? Okay, okay, Orlando, the bubble. <laughs> there will also be entertainment, televisions, movie screenings, gaming areas, DJ sets, cards, ping pong. You can't play doubles. No doubles. Don't think you're Venus and Serena out there in the Olympics. <laughs> you can't play doubles. And you'll also be able to golf and other things. Tell me how that makes sense. You're having a DJ booth and you can't be within six feet next to each other. Like, who going to that? Like, what, what's going on in that club? Tell me. That's interesting. I'm interested to see how clubs going to be when things open back up. Because you can't be within six feet of each other. There's no way that anybody's going to go to a club if you can't be within six feet of each other. But we're man, going to, we're how are you going... supposed to get someone's number? Come on, man. How are you supposed to do anything? <laughs> Uh, NBA players aren't getting numbers. They're probably all married. We're not trying to, you know, <laughs> speculate out here. But, you know, they said that family will be allowed inside the bubble, but they have to be tested as well. And this is the most important part. So if you do catch corona inside of the bubble, you will have to quarantine for 10 to 14 days. And you also will have to pass two tests consecutively in a 24-hour period. So that's the most important part. If you catch corona inside of the bubble, you will have to quarantine for 10 to 14 days and then pass two 
test in a 24-hour period. What do you think about the plan? Man, I mean, not only that, if you catch it, you're not even allowed to work out. You're not allowed to do anything for those 14 days. So, I mean, coming back from that is different than coming back from, like, let's say a sprained ankle or anything like that because at least you're working out and rehabbing during that time. If you get caught with coronavirus, you can't do anything for 14 days. I mean, that's a whole series. <laughs> so it's Yeah. A- <laughs> they said that they will be immediately removed to a separate location isolated housing and the nba is currently looking into some rental homes outside the disney property so if you do catch corona you will be removed from the bubble immediately looks like a good plan so far look like adam silver and his team put together something nice and with slayer safety yeah i mean you kind of have to be thorough in this right and i think the nba is not only using this as a chance to test because you don't know what's going to happen next year. Like what's going to happen when all the teams are back. Like there's a chance to go out there, set some things up. And if it works, you have a plan for the future. And if it doesn't, you have an ability to adjust. So I'm interested to see, you know, epidemiologists are saying it's well thought out. So props to the NBA for taking the time and doing it right. Definitely. Definitely. Applaud Adam Silver. He's always at the forefront of things. Let's get into some of the games and practices. So games inside the NBA bubble will take place at one of three facilities. The main facility will be the HP Fieldhouse, which will be the primary court. It is broadcast ready. Oh, that gets me excited. It's broadcast ready. That means it's ready to go right now. (laughs) I don't know if you got to see the pictures on Twitter about like the drops of what's kind of going to look like. It's kind of different, right? So they have the court and then they have, you know, for the people that are there, I have no idea how many seats that is, but it's just like players or know staffers or whatever it may be and then it's kind of like a black curtain uh-huh. that goes all around it so it's it's not like empty seats everywhere it's kind of like a movie theater right like in the screen is the court so okay it's going to be kind of fascinating not to mention they also are putting tons more cameras so there's going to be a tons of different camera views and stuff like that for our experience at home oh my god it's exciting exciting uh started today can we start today <laughs> that's how excited i am about basketball you know me when it comes to basketball on a blacktop in the gym high school college nba please just give me basketball so each game will be played four hours apart allowing time for complete sanitation plus time for teams to take their standard pre-game warm-up routines there will be about five to seven games a day during the seating rounds and some games starting not until 10 10 30 p Eastern, which is 7.30 on the West Coast. So they'll be playing late. They'll be playing late out there in Orlando. Some games don't start to 10.30. Oh, I hope they stay awake. Hey, man, I won't be awake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be watching. Oh, man. That's the breakdown of the bubble. I hope we broke that down clear enough for everybody. So teams will be arriving from July 7th to the 9th. You got all these health and safety protocols that are set up. Um, games will be four hours apart and it'll be about five to seven games a day. Some games going as late as 1030. Uh, I like the plan. I like the plan. So let's move on. A lot of these players don't want to come back. Some want to come back due to COVID. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think like obviously the people that you see that, aren't coming back or deciding not to. It's beyond just even COVID. Like, look at Trevor Ariza, who's in a, a battle for his to be around his children. So mm-hmm. he's taking the, the three-month period just to have time with his son. So you 
kind of like have to respect the reasons these people are putting out there. Oh. I mean, Avery, Avery Bradley looking out for his family and because his kid has some autoimmune issues, so he's not going. I don't think that people deserve backlash. Like, I don't know about you, but if my job told me I kind of had to go somewhere right now, I'd push back on it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right? If my uh, job said I had to go back to the office tomorrow, I'd be like, no, I'm not coming back to the office. Nuh-uh. Just fire me. Let me get that unemployment. I'm not coming back. It's not safe out. Cases are rising. We want to let you guys know that cases are rising around the country. Please stay safe out there. And as you were saying, I do not give any criticism to any player that does not want to come back at all when it's yeah. due to the COVID or any other reason at all. Yeah, I think this is one of those situations where there's no wrong answer, right? You could say, like, they're wrong for not wanting to go. You're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. But at the same time, you're not out there risking your health and longevity or your family's. Yeah, so, I, I think I, yeah, I think at some point we become privileged as fans, right? We don't look at players as humans, but they are humans as well. They have the same emotions as us. Take Kevin Love, for example, when he was dealing with anxiety, depression on the court. You know, he tried to hide it, and he actually had a breakdown on the court, and that became so public. And now look at him, start his own foundation, getting a lot of awareness. So these players are human. They can catch COVID. Their family can catch COVID so they do not want to come back especially especially if you already have underlining health issues or your family or your kid please please do not come back NBA players that's this is very serious what about other reasons what about the uprising civil rest if players don't want to come back for that reason uh Kyrie Irving talked about that a couple weeks ago yeah like I said I I don't really care what the reason is like they're a human being they have emotions as a like a unprecedented time in, <laughs> in, in our world. And if you decide that this is what's best for you and the future of your race or your people or whoever it may be, then then don't come back and do what you feel is the right move. But I think the NBA is putting a lot of measures in to, to not mute the, the problem, but to give it a louder voice. Yeah. So just for the sake of breaking everything down, some players do not want to come back because they think it's going to take away from the racial movement that's going on right now due to the death of George Floyd. It was gaining a lot of steam. It continues to gain a lot of steam. Players do not want to come back. However, the NBA did announce a couple days ago that they are taking measures to allow the players to voice their opinion, whether that's on the back of their jersey. And they're also talking about painting Black Lives Matter on the court side inside both sidelines of the venues. I, ooh, I respect that. Adam Silver, once again, stepping up, as always, letting the players take control. What do you think about that? Yeah, the NBA is just so different than any other league that's going <laughs> on right now. They're not afraid to give their players the chance to speak up for what they want. I mean, could you imagine the NFL doing anything like this? <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. The NFL I, is so far behind. <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's a podcast for another day, though. <laughs> <laughs> so... You can do nothing but respect it. Get like I said, they're not muting the voices. They're kind of giving it a megaphone to go out and preach whatever they like, um, whatever they feel is right, will help um, the situation at hand. Yeah. So the person also will be added slogans on the side of the court and whatever that may be. Some players might get a chance to remove their last name, put 
Black Lives Matter. I can't breathe. I know they're having some discussions about what you can have on the back of your jersey and what you can't have on the back of your jersey. They don't want any um, names of deceased victims on the back of their jersey. I know that was something that they were talking about, but players will be allowed to express themselves. And I think this is a very, very good look for the NBA. It's also showing other leagues what you can do and how you can handle this situation. And I am definitely looking forward to seeing what some of the players do. See, especially, especially the ones that's always speaking up. I'm excited about that. So as we were saying, if you don't want to come back for whatever reason it may be, but if you do come back and you still be able to address the issues at hand, especially the Black Lives Matter movement and all protests against the oppressor themselves. Let's get into the schedule. This is what they're all been waiting for. The schedule is out. I'm looking at it now. What are your first thoughts? It's exciting. Right off the bat, they're giving us some opening games. I can't believe they got the Pelicans and Jazz, and they got the Clippers and Lakers day one. Oh. Man, I, I got two thoughts on day one. First off, <laughs> I got two thoughts on day one. This ended with the Jazz, so let's not let them mess it up again. That's like, true. That on, is very man. true. That is very Maybe true. Maybe don't even let Rudy Gobert come back here. <laughs> <laughs> but my other thought is, has a team – ever opened the season twice in one year. I mean, the Lakers and Clippers started our season off to be exactly, exactly. Again. You'll never see it again, but it's what everyone wants to see, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because you took a long layoff and now you come back and your first game is against your, I wouldn't say your cross-town rival. Same it's, it's the same city. It's the same city, same arena. That's your first game back. I mean, that would be kind of tough. I mean, they did do it last year in October, but this is kind of different. This is kind of different. You're in the middle of a season. You're playing your highest level competition or going into it, and then you have to take a break and come back and restart and switch gears. But, but I like the NBA, what they did. I like what the NBA did here. They always put their best foot forward, and they put their best games forward. <laughs> Man, it's exciting for sure. I mean, I hate both the Lakers and the Clippers, but it's <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a great game to watch. I mean, it's Le LeBron and Kawhi. I mean, they've been going at it for years now. Let's going at it for years. Let's go at it for years. Let's take a little step back here. I think I uh, rushed into the schedule. Let's break it down for them, though. Let's break it down and how the NBA formatted this. So there's going to be 22 teams inside the bubble, like we stated earlier. And... 13 from the Western Conference, 9 from the Eastern Conference. Each team will play a total of 8 games. If the ninth seed comes within 4 games of the 8th seed, that means they will have a chance to play their way into the playoffs. So, for example, if the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans come within 4 games of each other, that means the Pelicans will have a chance to play their way into the playoffs. They will have to beat the Grizzlies twice, but... Grizzlies only have to beat them once. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I think they could have expanded it a little bit more and tried something new, but this is, you know, what keeps the legitimacy of the playoffs the most, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't add the asterisk that everyone keeps talking about or worried about. It allows a real opportunity for another team to come in and play. And I mean, winning two in a row against the same team isn't easy. <laughs> not, not easy. It's not easy to win one. Yeah, so I think that obviously the AC has a huge advantage as far as who's going to play in it. It's definitely going to be Memphis and somebody else. So Definitely going to be Memphis and somebody else. Looking like the Pelicans. 
because that schedule looking pretty light. But but let's not go there yet. Let's not go there yet. In the Eastern Conference, the eighth and ninth seed will be the Orlando Magic and the Washington Wizards. I'm not sure how the Washington Wizards got into this, but I think the <laughs> NBA just wanted to make it exciting. So they threw a ninth team in there. So if the Washington Wizards come within four games of the Orlando Magic after they play these eight games, Washington Wizards will have a chance to play their way into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. But I think it's safe to say that the Eastern Conference is pretty much set. They just do Washington in there just to throw them in there. It'll be interesting if John Wall comes back, though. If John Wall comes back, he's been out for a year and a half, then Washington might have a chance and things will be really exciting. But I have not heard anything about John Wall playing during the bubble in Orlando. But just throwing it out there, no, just throwing it out there. <laughs> I think the East is pretty much set. Uh, it is what it is. But they had to throw another team in there so they can get the right amount of games, so they can get the right amount of pay. It but, makes sense. It makes politics as usual. You know? <laughs> but I do like watching Bradley Beal come out and score 50 a game. So I'm down to watch that. If that's what's <laughs> down to. Exactly. They probably get traded in the offseason because he's, <laughs> wasting, he's wasting his time in Washington, even though he did just sign that two-year extension. Bradley Beal, if you're listening to this right now, please exit Washington first flight after the bubble is over, okay? <laughs> but when you look at the schedule, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I know the first thing that comes to my mind, and that's the schedule of the New Orleans Pelicans. They really, really took it light on the Pelicans. They're giving Zion a chance to get into the playoffs. I'm not saying that's what the NBA wanted, but I'm saying you're looking at their schedule. After their first two games, everything looks pretty easy. You think the same yeah. way? Yeah, I mean, I have lots of thoughts on that, but in general, it is it's the easiest schedule in Orlando. I think they're the only team that has or playing against teams that have a losing record. So yeah. like if you add up all the records, their opponents combined for a losing record below five hundred, which is first off ridiculous when you look at the teams that are there. But credit to the NBA because New Orleans did have the easiest ranked schedule left in the NBA. Oh, okay, before, okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. It kind of evened it out a little bit. And also, you know, the NBA wants Zion in the little <laughs> playoff thing. Okay, that's the consensus there. We're just going to come to consensus that. The yeah. NBA wants Zion in the playoffs. They're trying to make their money back. Whatever they may do, they lost a lot of revenue <laughs> because, you know, the season had to be postponed. And Zion in the playoffs will help their revenue. That definitely makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So, but looking at the schedule, let's just go over it. Utah, Clippers, Memphis, Sacramento, Washington, San Antonio, Sacramento, Orlando. Those are the eight teams that the Pelicans will be playing. The Memphis Grizzlies, Portland, San Antonio, New Orleans, Utah, Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, Milwaukee. Looking at those two schedules, Nose, do you think the Pelicans will come within four games of the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah. I think so. I was worried about the Trailblazers because when you have people like Damian Lillard out there who could shoot the lights out on you or CJ McCollum, but no Trevor Ariza. I mean, who's going to play the three for him? So I think New Orleans is the people what people have to worry about. You have to worry about, right? And when the season ended, the Pelicans were three and a half behind the Memphis Grizzlies. But let's not skip over the Portland Trailblazers. They were two and a half behind the Memphis Grizzlies, and they are in this playoff format as well. 
Let's take a look at their schedule. Memphis Grizzlies, Boston Celtics, Houston Rockets, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Clippers, Philadelphia 76ers, Dallas Mavericks, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, my That's gosh. Tough. That is a rough schedule right there. <laughs> if I'm looking at it correctly, that is probably the toughest schedule I've seen out of all the other teams that I've seen playing inside this bubble. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, we'll see. who Is Nurkic coming back? Is Zach Collins coming back? I mean, that gives you some new juice at least, but no. That's a tough one. Every team on the Portland Trailblazers schedule is a playoff team. They're already inside of the playoffs. If the playoffs started today, every team on Portland's schedule will be in a playoffs. Uh, I really don't see. I love Dame Lillard. He was having a fantastic season before postponed, but I don't see how him and McCullum could do this by themselves and get their team into the playoffs. I will have the Pelicans squeaking by the Trailblazers and probably battle the Memphis for that play in round. That's exciting. That's exciting. What other takeaway do you have from the schedule? Me, I, I worry about my thunder. That's the first thing I looked at when, when the schedule came out. But they have a pretty balanced schedule. I think the Thunder could will probably go four and four, stay where they're at, maybe drop a spot in the in the the standings. It's not like they have like too much. They're already in the playoffs. There's no home court advantage anymore. So exactly, no home court advantage. That's going to be a very interesting. That's very interesting right there. As long as you stay away from the, the Clippers and the Lakers, I, I would call it a successful bubble trip. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Do you think the Lakers stay at number one? Do, or do you think the Clippers catch them? Clippers were about four and a half, five games out of first when the season was postponed. I think looking at it, the Lakers are going to keep the number one spot with those eight games after those eight games. And in the East, Milwaukee basically has that locked up. They basically have that locked up. Yeah. On the East, I'm interested to see what the Sixers do, um, see if rest could have helped them. They'll be back healthy. We'll see if Joel Embiid's in shape. I have no idea. Yeah. Can can rest improve Ben Simmons' jump shot? Nah, but they can try <laughs> and figure something out, man. Hopefully him and Embiid been texting at least. I have no <laughs> They really need to find a way to improve Ben Simmons' jump shot, but that's also another podcast for another day. So, who do you have coming out? Looking at the way the schedule set, we all we have the Lakers remaining number one. You have Milwaukee remaining number one. At the end of the day, do you see anybody beating Milwaukee in the East? Do you see anybody beating the Lakers in the West? I don't see anyone beating Milwaukee. I think the thing that translates, at least for now, is going to be defense to start. I mean, four-month layoff, offense is going to be hard to come by. The Bucks play solid defense. They I mean, definitely play solid defense, right? So I think that's going to translate, at least from the beginning, is going to give them the, the advantage. They've played together for a while, and I think that they'll be able to – I mean, they've clearly been the best team in the East all year. I think they should be able to run away with it over there. Exactly. Only team I see trying to compete against Milwaukee maybe maybe the Boston Celtics. Because Kimba, Tatum, they do Brown, they do have some scores over there. They're all their scores are on the wings. But I don't see anybody beating Milwaukee. Giannis is coming back healthy. People may forget that he did injure his knee right before the season was postponed. He should be fully healthy coming back at the start of this season. So I see Milwaukee taking it. In the West, Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, Lakers. Man. 
it's just so hard to know. I think I give it to the Lakers. Uh, it kills me to say it, but they've at least played <laughs> together a little bit more. Um, they know what to expect from one another. The Clippers were just now starting to play with, you know, Kawhi and Paul George the whole time, right, together. So yeah. they were trying, starting to find their groove, but now you have a four-month layoff, and they still don't have the experience of playing with each other. So <laughs> I think you have to give the advantage to the Lakers. You know me deep down. I'm hoping something weird happens. Like, you know, the, <laughs> that's what, this layoff affects everything in a weird way. And, like, I don't know, the Rockets or somebody comes out. But Hey, don't hey, James Harden, don't sleep on James Harden and Westbrook. We didn't go over that. They do have James Harden and Westbrook, but I don't see Houston competing with the Clippers and our Lakers in a seven-game series. I love James Harden. I think he is one of the top five best players in the world. And I'm pretty sure he has been working out to improve his game. I just don't see it. I think these four months off will help LeBron and the Lakers. LeBron had a chance to rest. Anthony Davis had a chance to rest. He was getting nicked up in the middle of that season. Had to take a couple of games off. I think the layoff will definitely help Kawhi. But I don't see the Clippers beating the Lakers in a seven-game series, and there's no home court advantage for either team. I think the Lakers are just a little bit better, tad bit better. I know they lost A.B. Bradley. They picked up J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith will be able to give them offense, not as much defense as A.B. Bradley gave them, but I think the Lakers do, do come out of the West. What do you think about that A.B. Bradley-J.R. Smith swap? I haven't seen J.R. Smith do anything but beat somebody up in the last two years. So, <laughs> I mean... I don't know, it's J.R. Smith. He could he'll give you twelve points in a quarter randomly. He could also turn over the ball five times in five minutes. I don't really know <laughs> what to expect. It's been two years, like I said. At least with Avery Bradley, you kind of knew exactly what you were going to get. Someone's going to play defense, shoot the corner three, but he wasn't as switchable. Like they couldn't switch one through five with Avery Bradley out there. Yeah, He's definitely. So we'll see what happens. We know J.R. Smith could definitely put the ball in the hoop, but that's really all he's good for. He hit that open three. He get his own shot. He is another shot creator. The Lakers did need somebody else that could get their own shot besides LeBron James, and he can do that. But will he be able to, you know, do that in clutch situations against teams like the Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets? We will see. So it's a consensus: Lakers, Bucks in the finals. That's what we're going with. I guess so, man. I hate to say it. <laughs> we don't see anything else. Maybe the Clippers push the Lakers to the edge, but we don't see it. Bucks, Lakers in the NBA Finals. You going to pick a winner right now or you going to wait? Now, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till the playoffs are even set before I pick my real winner. Got <laughs> to see where the matchups come. <laughs> put but. you on the spot. I tried to put you on the spot. I do see LeBron James just winning that championship that he needs. Another one getting that championship. The Bucks, Lakers. I know they played twice last season. Very good games, very exciting games. But I think LeBron James and the Lakers will bring it home once the season restarts. July 30th, people. July 30th. Mark it on your calendar. The NBA is back. They have a plan in place. It looks like a great plan. They have safety protocols set up. They have measures set up in case anybody catches the corona inside the bubble. The schedule is out. Please go take a look at it. Anything else? Any more takeaways? Nah, man. I'm just excited. Let's get it going. I mean, baseball starts soon, too. Like, I'm just ready to go. Definitely ready to go. That A podcast on a baseball schedule coming soon as well. 
Thanks, Noons. Thanks, Noons, for taking the time out, doing another episode with me. To everybody out there, please remain safe. Stay healthy. Stay inside. COVID numbers are rising. So please take this as serious as possible. Please stay inside. If you have to go out, please put on your mask for your own safety and everybody else's safety. Thank you, guys. Couch Talk Sports.